Well, hello, hello. Welcome to Faith Chapel. Uh, my name is Shane. I'm the junior high pastor here uh, at the church. And I just, I'm so happy that you made it through the snow and all the craziness out there. And if you're online, welcome as well. I'm so glad that you are drinking your coffee and hot cocoa on the couch. Um, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Today is the last day of 2017. Oh man, how does, how does that feel? It's, it's a little weird. How many of you in here are like, I am so ready for 2018 to be here. 2017 can't leave fast enough. Like, yeah, that's, that's kind of me a little bit too. And, and I, I, I'm always feeling like that. But how many of you are willing to also jump in with me and make a commitment for the next three weeks to attempt to do a New Year's resolution with me and then miserably fail? And, and that's, that's, my life. I can't, I'm not good at, at New Year's resolutions. I, I, I've, I wish I can, um, but I'm not, not that great out of it. But I, I, love, I love the new year. I'm, I'm pumped for 2018, and it, it's going to be a great season. Um, you know, it's funny to me, because a lot of the times in the new year, I, I've talked to some people, and they get like a word or a phrase for the year. Uh, one, of those, one of those things like, oh, I'm going to focus on, on, on this this year, this, this one phrase that really stood out to me. And, and for me, I've, I've never gotten that. Like, I was, I was never one of those people that got a word or a phrase for the year. And I always kind of was jealous about that because I was like, oh, man, that must be like a mega Christian thing kind of a deal. Like, you've got to be really in touch with the Holy Spirit in order to get a word for, for the day or for the year. And I, I just never had that. And I always, always kind of wanted that for some reason. And, and so then I got a little bitter about the whole thing because they were like, yeah, I, get, I, get a, I got a word for the year. And I'm like, oh, yeah, good for you. I'm studying the word for the year. So, you know, what? Okay, yeah, bad junior high pun, I know, but that's what I do. Okay, and, and that's, that that's kind of what, what I struggle with a little bit. But it was funny because God has a sense of humor. And last year, at about at this time, I was sitting around, I was just praying and excited for the next year, and, and there was a word that was put on my heart. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we just debunked the whole super Christian thing, because I'm not good at this whole thing yet. So, you know, uh, we, we, I, I was sitting there, and this word popped on my heart, and it was joy. And, and I was sitting there going, oh, okay, cool, joy. You want me to focus on Joy. Uh-oh, is it going to be a bad year, Lord? Like, is it just going to, everything's going to stink this year? Life's going to come crashing down and you're going to ask me to be joyous through every situation? Like, that's where my head went is, oh, no, why joy, you know, kind of a thing. And, and so as I was processing this and, and thinking through it, I'm like, okay, well, we can do this. We can, I can figure this out and I'll, I'll study the word joy for, for the whole, whole year. And it has been a fun journey and an interesting journey at that. And, and I'm still kind of walking through some of the stuff. But where I started last year was going, okay, what is joy actually? What, is it, what does it mean to, be, to have joy in our lives? And, and, and what is it? And, and that's where I kind of kicked things off is looking into the Old Testament and the New Testament, comparing joy uh, in the Old Testament compared to the New, and looking, looking all through the scriptures, trying to figure out what it is, when joy comes in, and, and how it works. And I just continued to do that throughout the year. And I looked in the dictionary, you know, I looked in Bible dictionaries, looked all over the place. and wanted to find out what joy is. And why it's there. And what is important about it. 
And I came to two major conclusions of what it is and what, what, it, what, what the definition of joy is. The first thing that I noticed is it is a deep and good feeling in the soul. So joy is a good, good and deep feeling. It's this feeling that's, that's in the center, in the core of who we are, and it comes out. It's a feeling, and it, it's not a thought. It's, 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 a, it's sitting there, it's an emotion, and, and, and it comes up and it wells up inside of us. And for me, that I struggled with a little bit. I wrestled with that because I'm always, I was told a lot of times, you know, joy is different than happiness. Joy and happiness aren't the same thing. They, they don't stand on the same plane. And, and so I, I wrestled, well, why, why would joy be a feeling? And, and for me, I'm not, I'm not good with feelings anyway. Like feelings, I, I, I couldn't tell you what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. I, I'm just, uh, emotionally, I feel like I'm just a wall sometimes. And it's not a good thing. I'm, I'm working on it. But my friends and my family usually know what I'm feeling before I know what I'm feeling. And because and, I'm always sitting there, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, it's good. Just leave me alone. I'm good. Get, get away. Like, stop it. And they're like, no, you're not good. There's something going on there. What are you feeling? Back off. Like, you know, kind of the thing. And, and so when joy came up as a feeling, I'm like, oh, man. All right. I agree. I, it is a feeling. And, and I, I got to work this through. It's not necessarily a thought. It's not a decision all the time. And, and so as I was thinking through the difference between that decision and feeling, this, this thought came into my head. Imagine you're out camping. Not today because it's cold out. But you're out camping. You wake up in the middle of the night, you hear some rustling. And all of a sudden, you look outside and you see the silhouette of a grizzly bear. Now, as you're sitting there, I'm sure you just sit there thinking, that looks like a bear. He doesn't look very happy. Bears are kind of mean. Yeah, they're mean. That one looks particularly hungry. Hmm. I think the conclusion I'm going to come to is I'm going to feel fear. Yep, that's going to be my conclusion today. That, that's not how emotions work, right? Instead, you scream, you freak out, and then you try to kick the person next to you and run faster than them. Like, that's, that's what fear wells up inside. Like, that's the, that's the difference here, is joy is this emotion that we're not thinking about it clearly. We're not sitting here pondering, I'm going to be joyous today. No, it just kind of comes. It just kind of happens. And you start to react in that way. Like the butterflies in your stomach. We've all experienced that. Or you, you have tears of joy. There's some reason you're just joyous and laughing and excited. Or there's just a little skip in your step because you're just happy. There's something there. There's something inside. That's not joy. That's a side effect of joy. Because joy is truly something in the core of our soul in who we are. And I wanted to look at it at the soul level because it's not a body function Joy is something that is outside of the body. It's something that just happens and kind of appears there. And I think we need to, we need to see that. It affects everything in the body and shows and manifests itself in many different ways. So joy is a feeling and emotion. But not only that, joy is an action. 
So, yes, it's a feeling and emotion, but it's also an action. I was reading all through both the Old Testament, New Testament, and we see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of places where Jesus in Matthew, he, he looks at it and he says, hey, you're going to be persecuted for me. You're going to go through times of persecution. You're going to struggle. You're going to go through hard times. And it's during those times you need to rejoice. When, when trials come, you need to rejoice. Paul talks about it in Philippians and Thessalonians. When trials come your way, you need to rejoice and have joy. You need to have faith that he's there and, have, and that will cause joy in your heart. Rejoice in him. Now, I don't know about you. But rejoicing during hard times is not an easy thing. I don't always feel joy during those moments. When you lose somebody that's close to you, the feeling of joy doesn't just spontaneously come. When something happens in life and you get let go from a job, or you have some people looking down on you, hurting you, you have disagreements and with, with a spouse, a feeling of joy doesn't overwhelm you. You're put down because of what you believe. Who you are. Feeling of joy doesn't just come out and burst forward. It's during those times that Jesus, that Paul, look at us and say, those are the times you need to rejoice. That's when you got to do something about it. And what they mean even by that, there's, there's so many different ways, but the actions, are, it looks like you're gathering together in, with people. When they, when they talk about rejoicing, when they talk about going off, they, they would gather together, they would raise up their hands, they would dance before the Lord, they would, they would pray, they will praise and sing, and they will play music, they will do whatever it is to rejoice in God. They would gather and eat together. David does it in a, a ton through the Psalms. If you just read through the Psalms, he is not a happy man all the time. He's going through some tough stuff, but he chooses to rejoice, and he says, rejoice in the Lord. When war is coming towards him, he decides to worship. He's not feeling joy in those moments, but he's showing the action of joy. So, so we see that joy is a, a feeling, but it's an action as well. And Peter, he actually talks about this a little bit in 1 Peter chapter 4. He puts the two together. This is what he says in 1 Peter 4. He says, but rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. Rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. The sufferings of Christ is not a joyous thing. That's not something to have a lot of joy over. That's not fun. Jesus got nailed to a cross. Had thorns shoved onto his head, was spit at, was beaten. That doesn't sound like a joyous situation to me. He was looked down on and persecuted by the Pharisees. Rejoice as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. So he's telling us there, that, that's the action, that's what you got to do. So that you may be overjoyed 
when his glory is revealed. So he, he comes up and he says, Here, here's the action, but here's, here's the feeling and emotion. When his glory is revealed, when Jesus is revealed, when his, his spirit starts moving, you're going to be overjoyed. There's going to be something inside you that's just wanting to burst out because of the glory of God when he's revealed to everybody. So Peter is, is drawing these two things together. Action and feeling. And we see a lot of the times all through the scriptures, if you start reading through it, you look in James, you look with some of the letters of Paul and Jesus, faith and joy kind of go hand in hand. When you have faith during the tough times, your joy will rise. It's faith in Christ that's going to help you through those situations and through those times. So, so I found myself asking the question, what... What is the source of my joy then? Where does this joy come from? What, 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 it, what is that source? Because I know for me, this is, this is where it kind of came to a head this last year. And why I believe that God put it on my heart at the beginning of 2017. What is the source of my joy? See, I think a lot of the times we look for joy in a lot of other stuff and we try to get joy from things or from people. Our joy, our source of our joy could be many times stuff like money, family, spouse, friends. Could be through our identity, who we are. My work, my job, the sports I like, the music I listen to. We, we can look to those things as the source of our joy. And that was one of the things that I was doing. And I came to realize that I was doing. The source of my joy, I came to realize was junior high movement. Our junior high ministry. These awesome people over here. That was a source of my joy, and I was, I was looking to that, them and looking to that ministry for that joy. Looking to ministry here for, for joy, that's, that's, what I, that's what I wanted. The other sources of my joy, I started to realize as I, as I was coming and sitting down and going, oh, you know, one day I'm, I'm sitting there and God's just kind of putting these little pieces together of the puzzle One of the sources of my joy is uh, I enjoy spending money. How many of you are spenders in here with me? Yeah, yeah. My sister and my little brother, they're not spenders, they're savers. They penny pinch. Like, you can't get anything out of them. But for me, I'm like, money, woohoo! <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's kind of what I want to do. I, and it's not necessarily like, a, a, a friend of mine was like, dude, do you know where you're spending your money? I'm like, no. Just, no, not really. But I, I like buying food for people when we go out. I like to pay for a movie or pay for concession, like whatever. I, I like to spend money. It just, I, it came to that point where it was filling me up with joy. Like there's something that's cool, here you go. 
And I had to be really disciplined at saving money and putting money away because if I don't, I'll spend it. It got me into huge trouble when I was younger. But that was a source of my joy. The other source of my joy that I came to realize throughout this year, and it was more painful than I thought it was, was wanting validation from the people around me. Was wanting friends and family to validate what I was doing. I was doing a good job. I was looking to what people thought of me. And if they thought I was doing good, it would bring, that was my source of joy. But if I didn't know what they thought of me, it just wrecked me inside. I'd spend days, hours just thinking about, man, what, what do they think about me? What, oh, what if I did a terrible job? What if they think I did horrible? Came to my, my boss, my, my family. I wanted, I wanted that. That was my source. And that's why Jesus wanted me to focus on joy this last year. Because I came to realize that the one source of joy that I needed wasn't where I was looking for it. Our source of joy is simple. It's Jesus. He's the source of our joy. He is the source of our joy. And what one passage that really kind of emphasizes to me was 1 Peter chapter 1. Where he kind of explains this in a, in a way where it's inexpressible joy. 1 Peter chapter 1 says, All praises to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. You love him even though you don't see him. You trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation for your souls. And when I read through that and I started thinking about, about this very passage, I was sitting there going, it's, it's simple. What Peter is saying here is that the Messiah, the Savior, he showed up. He had mercy and grace for each and every one of us. He died on the cross to save us from our sins. He rose again from the dead, defeating death, defeating the grave. 
And it's at that moment that we realize that is the source of an inexpressible joy. I don't know if you missed it or not. Last week was Christmas. It's kind of a cool thing. I love Christmas. Christmas is my favorite, favorite season of the year. And, and I, as I was thinking, you know, Christmas is oftentimes, I mean, a lot of Christmas decorations, what word do they have on there? Joy. It's, it's, it's the word of the season most of the times. And I was sitting there thinking about it, and, and this passage jumped into my head about when the angels came before the shepherds. When the angels came before the shepherds, they said something very interesting. This is, this is what we see in Luke. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy for all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, a city of David. He literally says, I'm bringing you great, good news, amazing news that is going to bring joy to all people. He's going to bring joy to all people. The Messiah, the Savior, the Lord is born today. So who brings us joy? Who is the source of joy? The Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, Jesus. Period, end of story. And that's where I struggled because Jesus was not the source of my joy. Everything else was. I was sitting there and I was talking to a junior hire as I was walking across uh, the grass field out here, the little grass area, going over to the junior high building. And we're sitting there talking and she, she looks at me and she goes, tis the season. And I'm like, tis the season for what? She goes, joy. I'm like, I know, right? It is the season for joy. It's a good season. But then I sat there and I pondered and I was like, you know, do we only focus on this joy thing just over Christmas? She's like, well, we shouldn't. Should be every season. I'm like, yes, it should. I think, I think so many times I forget and I leave this, this joy of the fact that the Messiah came to this earth for us. To show us a love and a truth and a grace. And I leave that in the season of Christmas. And then I leave in the season of Easter the fact that he died and rose again from the dead. Defeating death, defeating Satan, defeating this stuff. And I leave that during Easter. And then the rest of the year I forget about it. We should, that, that joy of what happened over Christmas and Easter should be with us every single day. We should be rejoicing because God came to this earth as a baby and he came here to do something to save you and me. And it's when we have faith in that Jesus that no matter what comes in front of us, no matter what trial happens, we can stand strong knowing that Jesus is there. And we can have joy through any situation that comes at us. But are we forgetting it during those times? Are we looking for joy in Jesus? That inexpressible 
joy, that source. There's a second source that I see. And it comes through Jesus, from Jesus. It's actually a gift from Jesus. As he was going, ascending into heaven, he looked at people and he said, I'm, I'm going to give you a gift. It's a wonderful gift. It's a gift that is always going to be with you. And it is the second source of joy. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the second source of joy. Because Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. This is what Galatians 5 says. It says, almost. Galatians 5 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. But the second fruit of the Spirit is joy. So the Holy Spirit is the one that is producing this feeling of joy in our soul that's deep. And he's the one that's bringing it out. The Holy Spirit's job, why he was given to us as a gift, his job is to point us towards Jesus. That's what he does. He shows us the beauty of Jesus in everything. The Holy Spirit is the one that's supposed to help us to show people Jesus. The Holy Spirit is this amazing source of joy. So ultimately, it comes down to this. What's the source of joy? It's God. <laughs> that's it. It's God. It's him. And so often we look for other things as our source of joy. He is trying to show us and do some amazing things. And he wants us to lean on him. And that's what he kept showing me is time and time again. I am not your source of joy. Everything else is. So get with the program. Look to me. And when it clicked into my head, I just went, oh man, I'm dumb. <laughs> kind of, that's obvious, isn't it? But I also felt terrible. It's like, I didn't get it. I, I, I believed in Jesus for a long time and I didn't get it. I talk about Jesus on a weekly basis, and I didn't get it? Man. He hasn't been the source of my joy. And when I realized that, it was one of the, the coolest things, coolest revelations that I had, because at that moment forward, I could start just looking towards him. But then coming to the realization that when he becomes that source of joy and the Holy Spirit is moving and doing his things, what the, what the Holy Spirit is there for, he's, he's showing us Christ's beauty and glory in the things that are around us. And the Holy Spirit is helping us to experience God 
in our day-to-day life. And experience joy in God in our day-to-day life. And where we experience this joy is where we were drawing as the source of our joy. So there's a line. Because experiencing Christ and experiencing joy in the things around us is a good thing as long as it points back to him. Two major areas that I see where we can experience joy pointing back to Jesus. One of them, the word. Where do you experience joy in everyday life, day-to-day life? Here. Without the Holy Spirit, this is just a book. It's a thick book, lots of words, lots of chapters. That's what it is. What this does is it points us back to Jesus. This should not be the source of our joy. This is not God. This is his word, though. And the reason he gives us this is so that we might find him in it and experience his joy. But this points us back to Jesus, the source of our joy. The source of our faith, who, who he is, everything. This thing points back to him. So many times I, I've gone in here and, and been reading and just gone, oh, there, there's something that pops out to me that, that just brings my mood back, that just says something to my heart that I needed to hear. Or that perfect verse of the day on the Bible app that comes out of nowhere and you read it and you're like, oh, needed that. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, experiencing Jesus is through this. But him being the source, this is not our source of life. He is. But this helps us experience his joy, experience his truth, experience who he is. This word is alive and active. Hebrews says that. Alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is moving. That's the one thing that makes this book different than every book that you will ever find. Is because this is alive and active because the Holy Spirit is using it as a tool to get us to the source. To connect us to the source. The life source. The joy source. And that's Jesus Christ. Is he your source? The second area that we can experience his glory, his joy, is in the very creation that he created. It's the world. We can experience joy through the world. For me, I always, always heard that, that phrase, the world is bad. You don't want to be in things of the world. Yes, you don't want to be things in the flesh. That whole fall, Adam and Eve kind of a thing. The sin struggles that we have. Yeah, that kind of world, you don't want to, yeah, you want to stay away from that. But the world itself, God created it. It is doggone beautiful. It's gorgeous. You see his humor. You see his beauty. You see his glory all through creation. And it points it back to him. That's why he made it all. 
We can experience joy through the world that we live in. One of the areas where I have experienced this joy in the world is when I see a bald eagle fly. Bald eagle is my favorite animal. They are beautiful. It's not because of this. They all think it is, but that's not the truth. I just love them. They are amazing animals. They're amazing creatures. And when I see them flying through the air, this is literally the thought that goes through my head. God's here. Oh man, thank you Jesus, you're here. And I experience his joy through his creation, but it points me back to the source of joy, which is him. Otherwise, it's just a bird flying through the air looking for something to eat. Otherwise, if it's my source of joy, it's going away in about two minutes to 30 seconds. It's going to fly away. I'm not going to see it again. My joy is gone that fast. (laughs) But when I experience this joy and it points me back to the source, I can hold on to that all day, all week, all month. The other area where... I started to put down in my journal every single night. I decided last year that I was going to write and answer this question every night. What made me smile today? What made me smile today? Because no matter how bad a day is, something is going to make you smile, even if you don't want to. Something will. And it forced me to look for the things that made me smile. And so every night I'd sit down and I'd just write down a few things and just kind of throw my journal to the side. And that was that. But as the year went on, I started finding myself as I was writing it down just laughing. Saying, there, oh, that was, that was amazing. Thanks, Jesus, for that. That was, that was a real pick-me-up. Thanks. I appreciate that. I write down another one. Oh, Jesus, that was, that was really cool. I got to see a student just realize you for the first time. Wow, thank you for doing something like that. That is, that is such, so beautiful. And I realized that those little things that made me smile started pointing me back towards him. At the beginning of the year, it was just what made me smile. That was for me. But at the end of the year, it was making me go, oh, that, that's cool. Look what Jesus is doing. And then I started to come to the realization this last two months that when those moments of that made me smile happened, immediately I'd go, whoa, God, you just did something cool. Thanks for that. Because I realized that those moments that make you smile, those are the moments that Jesus is looking at you going, hey, I'm here. I love you. I'm I'm standing here next to you. Did you know that? That was for you. That was a little ditty that I gave you, just so you're, just so you're aware. And so recognizing those little moments and experiencing those little joy moments help us to realize that the source of joy is right there next to us, loving us as we're going through that situation. I'm a junior high basketball coach. I get to coach junior highs. It's fun. It's crazy. They are nuts. I absolutely love coaching these young men. And, and as this one game we were coming up to, I had this young man come up to me and he said, hey, I, I'm terrified. I can't, I can't play these guys tomorrow. I can't do it. I was like, well, it's okay. Why, why not? What's going on, man? 
He goes, I, I just can't do it. They, they were my team last year. I was, I was on their team last year, and they're my friends, and I'm so nervous to play them. I, I, I just can't do it. I was like, okay, don't worry about it. We don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to play them, but why don't, why don't instead of doing that, why don't you come and talk to me tomorrow before the game and let me know how you feel? Okay, I can do that. So he walks up to me after the game, or before the game, he goes, all right, coach, I can do this. I said, are you sure? He goes, yeah. Yeah, I got it. We can do it. It's like, cool, let's do this. So we start playing the game. And I put him in in the for- first quarter. He's playing. And the- our team is uh, not doing well. We didn't score the whole first quarter. I was not very happy. Um, but as-, as we're going through the first quarter, the first quarter ends, second quarter, he's-, he's starting the second quarter and he's continuing to play. And as he plays through the second quarter, he gets the ball, he drives down the court, he shoots it, and he's the first one that scores on our team. I don't think that's a coincidence. He was terrified to play his friends. He was terrified to even be there. And he was the first one to score on that team. And as he's running down the court, I I yelled out his name. I was like, hey, how did that feel? And he goes, yeah! And I was like, "Ah, that's great. Like, I don't remember what happened the rest of the game kind of a thing. Like, at that moment when I saw his face and he did that, like, moment. I just looked at it and I went, oh, thanks, Jesus. That was so cool that you did that for him. He needed that. And then I walked up to him after the game and I was like, how did that feel? And he goes, I think God gave me that one. And I was like, wow. He goes, God knew I needed that. And I'm just thanking him for it. And I'm like, I wish I was there as a sixth, seventh grader. <laughs> he realized that joy moment came from Jesus. And that moment that made me smile, it came from Jesus, the source of our joy. The second big source that I found, I was standing right outside there on the tile. It was during our junior high Christmas party. It was nuts. If you ever want to see what controlled chaos looks like, come to a junior high Christmas party. It's controlled chaos. We had a ton of students running around the atrium eating all kinds of sugar. I'm sorry, parents, that we sent them home on a sugar high. We had leaders all over the place. And I stood on the tile and I just, I just stood there. There was nobody around me. I was watching and all I saw was smiles and laughter. And I was like, wow. And literally at that moment, it made me smile and it made me think, oh, Jesus, you are just so good. How you could do something like this. And he goes, this is what heaven's going to be like. Laughter and joy. I was just like, oh. He's the source of our joy. We're going to experience joy. But we got to remember when we experience those things, that they point back to him. And if they're not, if those experiences that we're having where we're experiencing that joy don't point back to him, then are we taking those as our sources for joy? I think we've got to ask that question. What is the source of our joy? Is it Jesus or is it everything else around us? What are you looking to as a source of your joy? 
Would you pray with me? Well, Jesus, thank you. Thank you so much that you came, that you died for us, that you came to save each and every one of us, that you rose again, that you defeated death. Jesus, would you be the source of our joy? God, would you continue to move in our hearts and help us to experience your joy in both the word and the world around us and your creation around us. But when those joyous moments happen, when those experiences happen, would we look to you for thanks? And if they're not pointing back to you, would you just nudge our hearts, spirit, and say, hey, you're using that as a source. Spirit, would you start to help us to recognize recognize the things that might be the source of our joy instead of you? And Lord, no matter what, during the whatever struggles we might have, during whatever trials, would we be able to rejoice in you, stand on you, because we have faith that you're there. Jesus, we need you. We can't do life without you. Lord, help us to stay focused on you and the love that you have. And help us to have this inexpressible joy that only comes from you. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. Uh, g- be safe as you're going out there uh, with those, that snowy craziness out there. But, hey, if you have any questions at all, you need anything, please stop by the Welcome Center. They'd be happy to help you with whatever you need. We love you guys. Jesus loves you. Be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend.